Glad to see everybody today. There you go. There's my microphone. How's everybody? I'm Ron. I'm one of the pastors here at Connect, and so glad to welcome you here to this service. Whether you're here together in the room or online, we're so thankful. We're so glad that you can join us. And that's part of what we're going to do right now. We're going to thank the Lord because He's good. Amen? His loving kindness endures forever. And through that loving kindness, we can celebrate him, enjoy his presence right now. And let's all stand and sing together. We're going to sing how great his faithfulness is this morning.
God. You're worthy of all our praise. You're worthy of all our thanksgiving, Lord. For there is every breath from our lungs comes from you, Lord God. We put our trust, we put our hope, we put our faith in you today, Lord God. For your love is everlasting. Your grace endures forever. And your mercies are new every morning. So today we come before you, Lord, and we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory for your goodness, for your loving kindness. We thank you that we have breath in our lungs. We thank you that we have life and life everlasting, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy of every bit of our praise, every word from our mouth belongs to you, Lord God. So today we dedicate our hearts. Today we dedicate our minds. Today we dedicate our ears to hear your voice this morning. As you provide us your word, let us eat from it, Lord God. Let us just learn from you this morning. And I pray this morning for everyone here that we would have an open heart to hear what the Holy Spirit would have for us today. Thank you, Spirit, for being here in our midst. Thank you, Spirit, for touching lives right now. For those who may need healing right now, I thank you that you're touching lives today. I thank you that you are present with us today, Lord God. We celebrate you. We celebrate you today. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we all pray. Amen. Amen. Isn't God's faithfulness good? Regardless of whatever circumstance you may come in the day today, just know that God is able to be by your side. He desires to be by your side. He wants to walk alongside you. He wants to move in your life, providing grace, providing a way forward, providing provision for you. He is a good God. All we need to do is surrender our own will, right? That's all we need to do. So I'm so thankful that you joined us here today. It's a great day, amen? Let's give God a praise. Praise the Lord. Thank the worship team. Thank you, team. And before you're seated, why don't you turn to somebody and, and give them an aerial high five, a wave. Let them know that you're thankful to be here with them today. We're so glad you could join us. You want to introduce yourself? Good morning, church. Yeah. My name's Irene, I'm with my husband, Ron. We're on the pastoral team here at Connect. And we just wanna say, thank you, Gary. <laughs> we just wanna say thank you and we love you. We, we're dinosaurs here. We've been at this church for so long. Dinosaurs. Hope you're not tired of us. For those of you that are new, the stage will rotate quarter turn so you don't get dizzy. So you will see us. It's not your eyes, you will see the, the stage turning. Yes. But yes, we're dinosaurs, but we love you all, and we're so grateful. This church has been huge, huge blessing to our lives. We, we, we love you all dearly. 
Uh, as you can see, we're not Pastor Kyle and Danielle. We don't look like Pastor Kyle. <laughs> so Pastor Kyle's not feeling well. We love them. But he has the best nurse in the house, Pastor Danielle, taking yes. care of him. Yes. So I want to just pray for them, and we're just so grateful. Do you know you guys have the best senior pastors in the planet? You really do. Yeah, yeah. And we do. I gotta stop crying because I'll, I'll start crying. But they love, they love you. They love this yes, house. Yes, they do. And we're not worthy of them. We're, we're really not. They're beautiful, beautiful people. And I gotta stop talking. Them, right? <laughs> so can we pray? They for do, them? like day in, day out. Um, they always have all of you in yeah. consideration, in their hearts, in prayer, in every thought going forward. Um, you know, this is actually like the first Sunday that they haven't been with us even all the way through the pandemic. So we do want to pray for them and honor them yeah. today. Yes. So go ahead. Let's pray, church. Father in heaven, we thank you so very much for our dear pastors Kyle and Danielle and Jade. We love this family to pieces. And we pray right now in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the cross, we pray for complete healing of Pastor Kyle from the tip of his head to the tip of his toes. Lord, whatever is going on, we pray that you would heal him, you would touch him, you would strengthen him and strengthen the whole family. Bless the whole family, even with things that they have not even asked you for, God. We just pray an enormous, enormous blessing upon that entire house. They are set apart. We love you. We're so thankful for and we pray for all of us this morning, God. There is an expectancy in this room. People need you, God. Yes, they Lord. need you. Yes, they need do, to hear Lord. your word. They need yes, a touch do, of Lord. your spirit. They need to be refreshed. And it's palpable, the expectancy in this room, God. But yes, we look Lord. to you. Our eyes and our heart are focused upon you because yes, you're our provider. Yes, you're Lord. our healer. Yes, Lord. And you, you work all things out for good for yes, those who Lord love you, God. So, we just pray we would receive your word as Ron prayed this morning with an open heart yes, because that word will go forth and accomplish what you purpose. Amen. So we're with you today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, so good. I, I know some of you know us very well and some of you um, we, we've probably met once or twice, but you know we wanted to share a little bit of something that's on our heart. And we, we felt... Um, that this word today is really for all of us here today. Because I, I truly believe what we just sang, that God's faithfulness, his goodness, his mercies, his loving kindness endures forever. And so we wanted to talk about what nourishes us today. How are we nourished in our lives? And one of the things that I'd like to share about our journey here, you know, Irene and I have been, she calls me a dinosaur. I guess I was just checking if I had any fossils on me. No fossils on me. Um, but yeah, we have been here um, since the beginning and it's been an amazing journey. Um, but the one thing that um, we both have enjoyed as part of our journey here at Connect is that we've been able to be um, in work as kings, and be able to, to minister together with you. Um, and through that journey, uh, I've learned a tremendous amount. Um, and I'd like to share a little bit, and Irene's gonna share a little bit about how, how we've experienced going through the last 18, 24 months. You know, the last time I was actually um, speaking before the church, I made a declaration I declared that God was moving me into a new season. 
into a new direction. And it actually even started to unfold. Um, I was looking at the opportunity, uh, you know, I'm actually a leader of a pharmaceutical company in Philadelphia. And so the Lord was guiding my heart to tell my business partners that I needed to start taking um, a day away from work so that I could start to do more of the things that God's calling me to do in community and in life here at Connect. And so I made that decision, had the tough discussion with my partner, and it went really well. And in February, I started to enact that, that purpose for my life. I started to take that day off, and it lasted two weeks, <laughs> right? Because in March, everything went kaplooey, right? Everything shut down. And what happened was I got a call in March by a, a company in Philadelphia that had a, a test um, or something for COVID-19, and they wanted our help, our company's help to really bring that out to uh, people. And so I went from that new step of direction in God to going back to actually working seven days a week from March until August. I did not have a day off. I worked about 12 to 16 hours a day, running groups of people, trying to bring uh, product and everything to the market. And fortunately, we were able to remain open during that time. And for all of that, I could look at what God has done in my life and say, what happened? Where did things go wrong here? I, I took that step of faith. I took that opportunity. And, and all of a sudden, it got, it, it got pulled back. Or so I would say in the natural. Right? Because God actually wanted me to grow and develop and do a, a new thing. For him. And I needed that experience. I needed the experience of the last 18 months to do beyond that. And so when I had that vision, when I had that picture of what I thought God was wanting me to do, the calling was correct. I'm called to do things in community. I'm called to be part of the pastoral team here at Connect. That calling did not change. It was very straightforward. I knew the direction. But then what happened was I got hung up in the details. I started to put together a vehicle of what I thought God was saying my next steps were. And I kind of got tied up in those details of how I thought it would look. I had a nice vehicle and I got into it. And I started to drive it down the road, and I ended up with a flat tire and no gas. How many of you can relate to what I'm saying right now? You've had a dream. You've had something that God has wanted to do in your life. And you know that you have that urgency within you to do it. But you're not sure how it's to come about. And then you take, take steps and you say, God, I think this is a step forward. I think this is a step forward. And then you find out that it may not be. Right? And isn't that, isn't that challenging? We, we make these vehicles of our own design. We get the picture of what God wants us to do. 
And then we start to create a design around it that we think is going to take us forward. But that sometimes is not the case. Because what God really wants from us is more to be part of the journey with him. Not for him to just give us a, a direction and then let us go our merry way. He wants to be with us every day, every moment, being part of the decision process with me and opening those doors one step, one day at a time. That's affected you as well, hasn't it? It's funny you talked about flat tires. I had a flat tire yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I did. And from one to four, I was getting my tire. Yeah, yesterday you <laughs> yesterday. had a flat tire. On and, top um, of all the fun and things. And then we yeah. found out we were speaking to him. Yeah. But thank God, we've had this on our heart for a while. Absolutely. So. But, yeah. yeah, the pandemic, I mean, how about all of you, If what if the pandemic was the only thing? That would be enough, right? But how many of you had other major things going on besides that, right? So much. I mean, I fell down. I was carrying a mug and a plate, and we blocked off this area because our puppy was older. And I remember I tripped over that, oh. and I fell right before the pandemic hit. We had major construction and you know, walls had to come out, floors had to be done, we had mm. a leak, just all these things, you know, but that's what happens, and the puppy was up two and three times a night, and then she died, but everybody, right, you've had something besides just the pandemic, right, and through it all, like Ron is saying, we still have to maintain our hope. How do we maintain our hope in times that were very, very unexpected of what we just went through, right? Yeah, and these are all very practical parts of our journey, very practical steps in our journey that we think we're heading in the right way. And I think a lot of us before the pandemic started thought life was going to be this way for years and years to come and we had some direction. And maybe some of us in the room have lost jobs. Some of us have lost loved ones. Some of us have experienced um, health issues as well. And in all that, God is still saying, I'm faithful. Great is my faithfulness. You know, right now in the U.S., it's amazing, but there's a record number of people that are quitting their jobs. It is the highest since they started to track this. They started in the year 2000 to track how many people are quitting each month. And would you know, like for the last four months straight, there have been 4 million people, between 3.5 and 4 million people each month quitting their jobs. Isn't that amazing? And you look at even some very visible people, some prominent people, and we're seeing that people, even at the pinnacle of who they are, all of a sudden saying, I can't do this right now. I need to quit. I need to step back for a moment. I need some mental health break, or I, I need to take a moment and, and really see where I am. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the world equates what they're doing to happiness. They're trying to look for happiness. And so in my journey over these last months and trying to understand, Lord, what happened? I, I stepped out in this way and then I started to work again in, in my company to help them uh, continue through the pandemic. So I, I asked God the question about joy. Because in the scripture, it says what? It says that in his presence, there is fullness of joy, right? 
And there's pleasures forevermore in his right hand. And I looked at that scripture and I looked at how where I was and how I was working and doing the things I was called to do in the moment. And I realized that I wasn't really experiencing that fullness of joy. So I started to go on a journey of asking God, you know, why is it? And, you know, what what I really learned is that I, I was so much into the details of the moments of my life and not including God in those details that that connection had a challenge and I wasn't experiencing joy because I was working out of my own effort. I was trying to do things in my own strength. And I know that a lot of us could feel the same way. We try and try and we, we, we are learning uh, so much. But in this journey, God, um, in my Bible reading plan, uh, jumped out 1 Corinthians to me. And I started reading 1 Corinthians. And you know, in 1 Corinthians, it says something very interesting. That we are, we're called to actually understand that there's a seed to our life. That we see the calling over our lives and that God calls us to that, that, that calling. So I read in the first chapter of Corinthians, verse 26, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. And here's the key, church. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us Wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that as it is written, he who glorifies, let him glorify in the Lord. I just want to pause here for a moment to highlight this. Christ Jesus. It was because of him that we were redeemed. And if you come in this room today and you, you are not feeling worthy, just know that the price that God paid for your life was his son. He loves you so much. He desires you so much that he gave his son for your redemption. So that all we can say is, God, thank you for your glory. And thank you, because you gave your son. And with that understanding, I started to realize that, yes, that is where I can find my joy. Understanding that he provides the wisdom for our lives. Jesus came on earth, and he spoke the word. And because he was equal God and man, we were able to understand it for the first time from God himself. We were able to see the love 
with which God was sharing his word with us through Jesus. Not only became wisdom, but he was righteousness and sanctification. So by his death and resurrection, he gave each one of us an opportunity to live life with him for all eternity in heaven. And that should be the source of our joy. That should be our source. And through that joy, we could see a difference happen in our lives. And then later in 1 Corinthians, it talks about how first came Adam and then came Christ. So in Adam, all of us were apart. And then in Christ, all of us became apart. So we understand that we were all born into this natural world. And so some of the things that I'm talking about are just circumstances and matters that my flesh helped to play a part in. When I started to design things, design my vision of where I thought God was taking me, my flesh was involved in that a little bit because I thought it would look pretty or I thought it would look the best way if I did it this way, right? And then I learned that that wasn't exactly the, the path that God had for me. And the scripture says that just as Adam was first, we respond naturally first. And then as Christ was second, he redeemed us. So he wants us to be planted in the spiritual, in the spiritual elements for our lives through these four things. And when we start to plant ourselves more and more and start to gain nurture and nourishment from the soil that we're planted in, then our lives can start to reflect and our decisions can start to reflect that journey with Christ for eternity. Amen? Amen. And so Irene has a, a story to share about how one, one man in the Bible um, went through this journey and, and what he thought uh, things would turn out, how they would turn out. I think it's so easy, church, for us to... You know, as I said, in the room when we were worshiping, you could really feel there's a sense of expectancy. There's a sense of longing. Yes. And all of you have something that you're longing for. But sometimes we put an expectation on God to do it the way we think he should do it, right? So this is a, a wonderful story about that. This is 2 Kings chapter 5. And verse 1, we're talking about Naaman. It says, now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. So he had, you know, he was honored, he was a mighty man, but he had this leprosy, this one thing, right? Mm -hmm. And as you know, leprosy was a terrible disease, it was your skin. You know, flake, it's very painful, you're isolated. And all of us, you may not have leprosy, but you have something. Something that you're longing for, something that you're seeking God for, something that you're praying about, right? And so what happens when we have a need? All these different opinions pop up, right? right? And what Ron is talking about today is we need to, what is the word of the Lord for your situation? Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of well-meaning people. Good intentions, right? But we really have to tune our ears to what is the Spirit of God saying for that situation. Because he does have something for you. He has a word for you, right? So what happens? There was a servant girl of his wife. She said, oh, he needs to see a prophet. And then the king of Syria wrote a letter to the king of 
of Israel and said, I'm sending you Naaman. Please heal this man. And the king was like, I can't heal this man, you know. And then Elisha, finally, Elisha, his predecessor was Elijah, remember the great prophet. He said, have him come to me. Then he'll know that there's a prophet in Israel. So we'll pick up in verse 10. So Elisha went there, and he, he stood outside the door. I'm, I'm sorry, Naaman went there and stood outside the door of Elisha's house. And in verse 10 it says, And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. Now I'm sure a lot of you have heard that story, right? And what's so funny about it, though, if you look at it in detail, Elisha didn't even come out of the house. He just sent his messenger. And what reaction did that cause in Naaman? Verse 11. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. He wanted like this show, right? So maybe we don't want to show, but we have a certain expectation. We want God to do things in a certain way, right? All these different opinions. So what finally happened, the servants, other servants said, well, if he had told you to do something difficult, wouldn't you have done that? So he did it. He said, oh, there's better rivers than this. There's better rivers in Damascus, but I'll go and I'll do it. And the encouraging thing is that whether you're a servant, whether you're a king, you can share the truth of God, right? Yeah. And the love of God. And we have to be listening. Sometimes that word comes in a way, <laughs> of course, the Bible is your number one, right? But sometimes... God is speaking to you in other ways. We need to be open and ready for that. So what does he do? Verse 14, it says, So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. Mm. And he was clean. Wow. So it's amazing because this was a way of healing that he, he didn't expect at all. God works <coughs> in unexpected times through unexpected ways, right? I mean, he, he wanted this great show. He wanted it to look different. But yet, in the end result, you know he was healed. And I shared in our women's uh, fellowship group, or shoulder to shoulder, that I had an injury one time in an accident, and I was a physical therapist and expected that I could do the exercises and I could make myself better. But it was a long process. I got on a waiting list to this doctor who was fantastic, eight months, and to make a long story short, he was an incredible help to me, but I ended up taking care of his patients, and I ended up teaching his medical residents. So God had done more than I expected, you know, in that situation. And sometimes he'll heal miraculously. I remember I had been at a barbecue once, and somebody had hit a ball, and it hit me straight in the face. And my face just blew up, and I went to the ER, and there was an Italian ER doctor, I'll never forget it. He came out, he looked at the x-ray, he said, I have a bad news, you'll break your face, he said. <laughs> you know, and I had broken all around the eye, oh, and he Lord. said, you know, it's too swollen now, we gotta wait, let the swelling go down, we gotta look at it, maybe we need to operate, we don't know. So our whole youth group had come over and put their hand, one, one of the youth pastors put his hand on my face, and his face became, his face, his hand became red, red hot. It was so hot. I almost had to ask him to take his hand off my face. And lo and behold, I go back to the doctor. Oh, the bone has set. We don't have to do anything, you know. So wow, God works in, God. You know, in different yeah. ways. Sometimes it's miraculous. Sometimes it's long. Yeah. You know, we don't know. But he does, he does hear us, right? 
and he is speaking to us? Do we allow our circumstances to affect our view of God? You know, he's always working, and we need to hear his word, and we need to keep our hearts open, as Rama said. I know the year didn't turn out the way he thought, but God is always at work, right? He's always at work. And I love the worship team. I love that, that those praises, you know? We will bless him through the storms. We'll stay anchored to him. That he's always at work. He never forsakes us, church. Never. That's so good. That's so good. And just as I was saying earlier, you know, we were born into this natural world, so it's so easy for us to kind of respond naturally. And that's what we see a lot of people doing, you know, through the quitting or through, you know, trying to take a break. They're trying to figure out a way to bring some peace or restoration into their life, you know, without the knowledge of how Jesus can do that in their lives, the peace that God provides. And so that difference, that natural uh, process is something that works for, for us in the natural because we want a recipe. You know, when we don't know how to cook, what's the first thing we do? We go to the recipe book and follow it step by step by step, and hopefully we don't burn the dish, right? But that gets us started on learning how to, to cook, right? If we want to gain a skill, um, you know, we'll go through school. If we want to get well, we'll go to the pharmacy, get some medicine, and I think medicines are probably the most important thing where we look at every bit of instruction because we want to know, do I take one pill, do I take two, all of those kinds of things. So those are the things that happen in the natural. But what God wants to do with that seed that he's given us is to sow it in faith in the supernatural. And Jesus describes this really well. He's, he talks about the seed of a mustard tree. And he says, you can't tell what this seed is going to produce. It just looks like a seed. You have a pumpkin seed. You have a grain of, of wheat. They all look similar. And we're called to plant in the ground. And when we operate in faith, unlike Gehazi, if we were able to operate, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Naaman, he, he operated you know, wanting it to visually be a certain way and turn out in a certain fashion where he was going to tell this story to all of his friends that he got healed of leprosy because this man came by and waved his hands over him and he was healed. But that's not how God works. He wants us to start with planting what we have into his soil, which is inside Christ, inside his spirit, and allow that to nurture us so that he produces something in our life. Not me producing something, asking God for strength to help me, but actually surrendering my seed, the thing that I want, the desire that I want, surrendering it to his will, and from that, allowing my life to be nurtured in the ways that God wants us to be nurtured. Amen? Amen. And through that, that's how things can change. You know, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those 
who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So how many get that God wants to comfort us, right? Uh, not many, many. I think he emphasized it about four or five times, right? And that doesn't mean just take a warm and fuzzy blanket and just roll it over and let me roll up on the couch. That kind of comfort has something else tied to it, right? Paul didn't say that God is a God of all comfort who takes away our tribulation. We still have tribulation and we are going to continue to have tribulation. But how we can find our source of joy is how we live through the tribulation. Are we nourishing ourselves through this means? So God will give us comfort. But the way that he does this is he has us go through these situations of tribulation and trial in order for us to be the breath, his breath to other people. He desires for us to actually take what we've learned from him and express that to other people and help them understand that, hey, God is a faithful God. Great is his faithfulness. Look at what he did to Irene. To her, her face was healed. Thank God. She's a beautiful woman. She's my beautiful wife. I'm so happy. Amen. 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 So with that, I think, you know, this is what God, this is, uh, you know, the breathing way, the, the life-giving way that he wants to live in our lives. He, he's called us to be a blessing to others. He's going to, he wants us to be a conduit. Yes. And when we understand that and we just focus on us being the seed planted in his soil, then we can allow the nourishment that he gives us to be poured out into the lives of others. Amen? And we've seen it time and time again in our lives. The things that happen in our lives also can impact how we view things, right? Nahum, uh, Naaman, I'm sorry, had leprosy. So he, he dealt with this on a daily basis. And this occurs both for good times and bad times, right? When things are going really good in our lives... We may miss some things that God really wants to do. And this example showed up with Jesus when he had finished a time of performing a lot of miracles and really touching a lot of lives. He was about ready to enter into Jerusalem. And the disciples were really excited. Like, we're going into Jerusalem. We've just seen God do all these miracles through Jesus. What's going to happen when we go to Jerusalem? And Jesus pulls his disciples aside. And he actually says to them that when he goes into Jerusalem, he's going to face temptation. He's going to face the trial. He's going to face the, the death on the cross and the resurrection and for them to be prepared. You know what happened to the disciples in that moment? Shoo! It went right over their head. It went right over their head because they couldn't conceive of anything different than all the good things that they just have been a part of. All the miracles, all the life-giving teachings that Jesus gave. And, and although Jesus spoke that warning into their lives, they didn't receive it at that moment because they were just so tied up in the natural realm. 
of what God was doing all around them that they missed what the next steps were on the journey. They didn't comprehend it. And so that kind of uh, thing can happen to us. We can, have, we can be going through life really good, enjoying it, having a great time in our work and everything, but totally missing this nourishment that God wants to give us. And certainly they came to an understanding of, of what he wanted to do. But there's another man in the story, right, be, besides Naaman, who was looking for yes. his nourishment. Yes. Right? So if we pick up the same story, Second Kings chapter 5. So Naaman got healed, and he made a great declaration. He said, now I know there was no God in all the earth except in Israel, right? I love that. And so if you look at Second Kings, verse 15, he was so honored to be healed that he wanted to actually pay for it. And this sets the story for this man, Gehazi, who did a no-no. And it's something that we can be warned about, not to be like Gehazi. But let's see what Naaman does. So Naaman did in verse 15. He returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and came and stood before him and said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. And, of course, Elisha said, No, I don't want anything. Mm -hmm. Right? And Gehazi was listening to this. And in verse 20, look what Gehazi does. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Look, my master has spared Naaman, this Syrian, while not receiving from his hands what he brought. But as the Lord lives, I will run after him, and I will take something from him. Right? So he goes, and he takes some silver, and he takes some clothing. And let's go down to verse 23 and 24. So Naaman said, well, please take the two talents. And he urged him and, and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments. He brought like 10 garments, but Gehazi wanted some of them, and handed them to two of his servants, and they carried them on ahead of him. And when he came to the citadel, he took them from their hand and stored them away in the house. Then he let the men go, and they departed. So Gehazi actually took things and put them in his house. So he lied to himself. He did something that Elisha said, no, we don't want anything. He lied to himself. And then when he went back to Elisha, Elisha said, where'd you go? Gehazi, where were you? He goes, I didn't go anywhere. So he lies to the man of God who his predecessor called fire down from heaven, right? Remember, <laughs> Elijah. And then he, he lied to Naaman also and took these things. And he put him in his house. And the end result is, in verse 27, therefore the leprosy of Naaman, this is what Elisha declares over him, therefore the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out, and immediately he, he, he was leprous, right? And it's such a story that a lot of people don't look at that, but this was such a miracle for Naaman to get healed, right? This was total grace. Yeah. What is grace? Goodness, some people say a gift. Both G's, goodness or gift received at Christ's expense, mm. right? And yet, Elisha was trying, and yet Gehazi was trying to, like Mama's saying, we have to allow God to get the glory, right? We have to allow God to nourish us in his way. God would, God would meet Gehazi's needs, right? But he went ahead of himself, and he put those things in his house, and then he got a curse on his life. And, you know, when, when are we a type of person that God can work through? You know, may we not be like that Gehazi, that we have to somehow have a benefit 
us. And I know our pastors have been praying, you know, like we say, God does things miraculously. He does things in the natural. He's doing wonderful things. I think it's miraculous what TKC is doing, right? He's doing a lot of great things. But we want to be a people that, you know, we don't have to have the credit, you know, that God can just use us and work through us. So someone comes in from church and you pray for them and they get healed. Yeah. They say, oh, I got healed at church. They never mention your name. That's got to be fine, right? To yeah. God be the glory. Isn't God great? Yes. You know, I think if we have that continue to walk the way we're walking and having that humility, we can, we can see miracles come, you know? We don't want to block anything that God wants to do. And Pastor Kyle is always saying, let's believe for miracles. Let's believe for God to do great things. But if we take these things and put them in our house, like Gazi, right, we're going to restrict the flow of God. And, you know, I don't see anybody doing that, but it's just an encouragement in the scripture. Let's not be like uh, Gehazi. Let's not self-promote. Let's not try to feed ourselves, like Ron is saying. Let's allow God to feed us. Allow God to meet our needs. Allow God to do things in his way, in his timing, because he's so beautiful. And he's at work, though we don't always see it, right? He mm -hmm. is at work. That's right. So what a story. Yeah, and what Gehazi's actions also kind of speak to us about is that sometimes we allow the resources that we either have or don't have to really dictate to us our actions and how we view God, right? We'll, we'll take action to um, try to produce some resource that we feel we need in our life in the natural because we want that resource you know, or we'll do what the disciples did there, and they felt like they had all kinds of spiritual resource available to them, and then, boom, stumbling block came, and they were all thrust into the midst of, of Jesus um, being crucified on the cross. You know, I think that the days ahead for this church, you know, we, we've been through a pandemic, we've been through tornado, we've been through flood, we've been through things, but I, I tell you, God, is at work and we're going to see Amen. many many more lives change and people are going to say now i know there's a god in cherry hill now i know there's a god in philly right let's be those people that yeah. god can use us lord here i am you know you may not be working in my life the way i thought but you're at work and i trust you god just like yeah. you sang he's he's our anchor no matter the, what the storms are he's at work and and it's going to be amazing he can't show it to us all at once because we wouldn't believe it, right? right? But there's amazing things that's, that's going to happen in this house and have happened and will continue to happen because he's faithful, church. That's he right. is faithful like we sang today. And, you know, no matter what you're in the middle of, just look. You know, when you're running a race, you know, if you see, like, the finish line, it gives you hope, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It gives you that burst of energy. We need to look at the faithfulness, this cross above us. We need to look at that. And know that no matter what we're in at the present time, God is faithful. And we're going to finish our race strong. Amen. And we're right. going to finish well. Not yeah, because we're great right. people, because he is faithful, church. Amen. He is faithful. That's right. And he is our strength. Right? Yeah. And that's why our pastors have been putting in front of us, don't be afraid to put anything on the altar. Remember that word last week? looking out for what are the things that are drawing our attention away from the nourishment that God wants to give us, how we're to be planted in Him. 
It could be something simple that we've just enjoyed in the natural, whether it be a relationship or things that we've had, uh, circumstances that we've had in our past that we thought were good feeding us that aren't of God. And so these kinds of things, we're just seeing what ways can we be planted in. And as Irene highlighted, grace is one of the things that we can be planted in. We can be planted in the grace of God. And it says this in Colossians, that you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has been reconciled through him in the body of flesh through death. He's presented us holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. And then he adds this, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, which has been preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. So here in this moment, God is teaching us to be planted in his grace. And this scripture also says for us to be grounded and steadfast in faith. That's the next thing that we're to be grounded in, in faith. Grounded and steadfast so that if there's movement in our lives, if the storms come, if issues come, we will not be moved because we are steadfast in understanding that this life is not our whole life. Our whole life is eternal and we have all of eternity to make choices and decisions. Are we going to choose to allow the circumstances of our lives to impact the decisions we make? Or are we going to allow God's goodness and his mercy to guide us in better decisions? Amen. Amen. And that's that's what he's doing. That's what he wants to do. He wants to do these things. So uh, the other scripture that was speaking to me when I went on this journey of asking God about faith, I started out with that scripture, Psalm 16. And I read that you will show me the path of life and in your presence is fullness of joy and your right hands are in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And the other thing I just want to point out is that I could just take that scripture and say, okay, I'm not really experiencing that because I'm just reading the snapshot of this scripture without reading the whole psalm. And so I went back in my journey about understanding, you know, how I can have joy in my life. And God said, look at the scripture from the top. It says, preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. And as for the saints who are on this earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another God and their drink offerings of blood I will not offer nor take up their names on my lips. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. What he's saying here is the whole portion of my inheritance is God. The other things that we experience here on earth, 
are not something we could take with us. But the, the way we can grow through these experiences we have on earth, the way we can make our decisions in choosing to follow Jesus in these circumstances are how we can be blessed for eternity. This is how we can grow an inheritance. I want my loved ones, I want friends and family to know the difference between heaven and hell. There is a hell and people are going to it. And God has placed us here to tell others about heaven and about the way to get there. And it's in Christ that we can get to heaven. Amen? Amen. It's through his grace, it's through the work that he did on the cross that could change us and, and mold us and strengthen us. And in this psalm, it continues to say that the lines have fallen on me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel through his spirit. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. That means in that time between when God is speaking to us and we're in the soil. In those night seasons, I need my heart to also be tied to what he calls me to do and what his word says. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices and my flesh also will rest in hope for you, Lord, will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One, which is Jesus, to see corruption. You will show me the path of life and in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Yes. Now, when you read the whole scripture, we get a different picture. Amen. In Christ, there is fullness of joy. And through that is how we can grow, how we can live. And Jesus taught us this himself. Because he told his disciples this. I am the vine. And you are the branches. Abide in me. And I will abide in you. Jesus desires to live in you. You know, one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible is in Matthew. And it says, to the, it says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon yourself and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. The Lord wants to cultivate our lives. He wants to build our lives. But we need to be in him for this to be accomplished. And as his word says, abide in me. He'll graft us into him so that we can live with him for all eternity. That is his, his desire today, church. He taught us another parable about another plant. It was a fig tree that was planted in a vineyard. 
And the, the vineyard owner came by to the, the vineyard keeper and he said, this fig tree hasn't produced anything in three years. Cut it down. I don't want it in my vine, vineyard anymore. But the, the vineyard keeper said to him, let me fertilize it. Let me tend to the soil around it. And let's see if it produces fruit. And today, church, I just want to encourage everyone here. No matter where you are on this journey with God, his grace is sufficient for you. Maybe you are experiencing some of the fruit of a great relationship with Christ. And we celebrate that today. And maybe there's some of you here today where you feel I don't have any fruit being produced right now. Please know this morning that God desires to take that seed that you have, the gifts that he's given you, the desires of your heart, the ways in which you choose to love God. He wants that surrendered, planted in the soil so that he can nourish it. He can fertilize it. And church, give him a year. Fertilize that soil. Get in the word. Pray. Ask Jesus to show you the ways in which you can live out the gifts and callings that he has for your life. And when you do that, I'm, I'm certain that he's going to start to bring people in your life that need to know Jesus. There'll be people that need help that you can be bringing into their lives. You are the hand and feet of Jesus. It says in the scripture that we are the fragrance of God. Yes. Are we walking into work being the fragrance of God? Or do we have some body odor, you know? <laughs> right? How are we walking into the environments which God has planted us in? Are we treating those environments as fertile soil? For him to continue to nourish us in. I think this is a great perspective. And I think it's something that Pastor Kyle and Pastor Danielle. Has been encouraging us. Through um, the, these teachings on discipleship. That we need to go beyond just. Reading the word and seeing the word here. And, and being part. But going and living out. A purpose filled life. That is going to be geared toward eternity. Amen. His grace is sufficient. Great is his faithfulness. And maybe here you're here today. And you have yet to experience this kind of grace that could be found in Christ. I want you to know without any uncertainty that he died for you. That he rose again from the grave for you that he has placed you in him so that when we receive that free gift of salvation in our lives we become planted in him and all the work that he has done for our lives by his blood we have been cleansed by his work we can receive wisdom for our lives. We can receive righteousness for our lives. We can be redeemed for all eternity. The greatest gift that he's given to us is that opportunity today, church. 
And I'm asking anyone here, if you wish to receive that free gift of salvation that Jesus is offering to you, would you raise your hand so that we could see? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I see those hands. Thank you. We're going to pray a prayer of faith together this morning. Great is your faithfulness. And we're just going to pray this prayer of faith, asking Jesus to come into our hearts, to be our Lord, to be our Savior, to receive this free gift that he's offering to us for all eternity. Will you join me? Dear Lord Jesus, here I am today. I come to give you my life. All that I am, all that I have, and all that I ever will be, I give to you now. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I receive the free gift that you're offering me today. I thank you for forgiving me of all my sin. I thank you for cleansing me today. And I thank you for giving me a new life for eternity. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Empower me to go on this journey with you from now until forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give him a shout of praise. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here today. You're so good. Do we have that picture, John? No, John's picture. here. <laughs> oh, we don't have that picture. I'll explain it. So yesterday I was on the, on the beach and this... Um, thing was bobbing in the water. I said, what is that? And there were some kids walking with their mother, and I said, ma'am, you know, they have their suits on. Can they just go in? It's right there. It's about ready to wash up on shore. So these kids had such a field day. They, they pulled this big thing. It was like a treasure hunt, you know? They were so excited. They pulled this thing out of the water. And I looked at that, and it's a, I don't oh, know, does is. anybody fish here? It's up, it's up on the Yeah, street. does anybody fish here? I don't know if that's the container that, that was on a ship somewhere that they put fish in. I don't know what it was, but it was this big container and it just struck my heart. And I said, I pray God that our church and the, and the church at large, that we would be a people that would just receive, you know, what you want to give us. Let us just be a vessel and let us just receive and let you do a great work. We receive for the things that we need, but then to pour out yeah. to other people, Amen. right? To be blessed, yeah. to be a blessing is what they say. And I just saw this yesterday and I just thought it was so symbolic of us being vessels. And so I just want to say a prayer for those of you who have, you know, you know Jesus already, but there's a need that you have. And there's an expectancy that you have. And let's just have an open heart for God to pour into us however he wants so that we can pour out to others. If you need physical healing, raise your hand too. And people around you can stretch out their hand over you. You see, there's a bunch of us. Just go by, you know, pandemic time. We're not touching people, but just stretch your hand out over those people that need yes. healing. If anybody needs a financial need, raise your hand. A relational need. 
whatever it is, it doesn't matter. What is that leprosy thing to you? Whatever it is, people, you don't have because you don't ask. Scripture says, right? Yes. Let's ask. Let's ask. Father in heaven, you see your children here yes, today, God. You love each you. and every one of them. Thank you. And you see them. And yes. though those circumstances may be lying to us and trying to tempt us to think that you have forsaken us, that is not so. You are faithful, just like we sang today. Yes. And you are at work, though we may not see it, God. And we just hang on to you, and we look at the cross and the faithfulness of Jesus. And that gives us that inspiration to keep going, to yes. not give up. We all have a fight. All of us have a fight. We all have something that we're believing for. We all have a need. No matter who we are, no matter how old we are, no matter where we live, everybody has a need, God. Yes. So we just Thank lay you. that before you today, Father. Yes, Lord. You see the hearts of your children. Yes, Lord. You know their needs. And you're our healer. We declare that. You're our provider, God. Yes, Lord. You're all-powerful. You're all-knowing. And bless us with that sense of peace. We yes. leave that request with you. And we receive your peace. We receive your blessing. And then use us, God. Heal us. Restore us. Yes. Use us to pour out to this thirsty, thirsty Spirit. world that is so lost, that is so broken, like we've never seen before, God. We are willing. We are willing. And if you're willing, say amen. Amen. Thank you, church. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful morning. The Lord, the Lord's given me the word disappointment. And I believe there's there are some people um, in this room where you know the circumstances I talked about really spoke to you today as well. And maybe you've been disappointed by the way things have turned out in your life. And like that vine dresser this morning, I just pray that what the one thing we walk away from today is the redemption, the redemptive power of Christ in our lives. The fact that he wants to redeem us, he paid a price that was higher than anything. So no matter what disappointment you, you've experienced, he wants to use your life for his glory. He wants to use your life for his glory. He has a plan and a purpose for each person here. And although you may have been disappointed in the circumstances to this point in time, I'm just asking for you to take that chance to allow Christ to nourish and fertilize your soil, to experience him in his word to take the time regardless of how busy life may get to go before the Lord in prayer and remember his love for you that love that paid it all for you that love that is for all eternity that is what he wants for your life to experience from here forward so that you don't have to face those disappointments and if you're here and you would need some prayer, Pastor Rick and Kathy, over there, raise your hands. Beautiful, beautiful people. No bigger people with bigger hearts than these guys. So <laughs> Pastor Rick wrote these books. I love yes. these books, Pastor Rick. Yes. Thank you so much. They're I've been awesome. giving these out to young people, to older people, the Gen Zers, letters to a Gen Zer we have. 
and the surprise of your life, you can get that here. And if you're watching online, you can hook up with us on Linktree, and we can send you these books as well. Yeah, if you made the decision to follow Jesus, yes, I know yes. several of you did that today. And let's thank yes. the Lord again. There's a church home here for you. There's people that would love to, to go alongside you in that journey. And, and Pastor Rick and, and Kathy are over to this side here. They would love to talk to you as they give you this book about that decision that you made today to follow Jesus. Amen? It's a great decision, and welcome, welcome to the family of God. Amen. 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 Yeah. Yes. And so, in these um, last few moments of, of the service here today, we, we have um, our time of uh, offering as well. And in my life, you know, I, I just have found that God has always been faithful as I place my trust in him in this way. The scripture talks about giving 10, the first fruits, the first 10% of everything you have to the Lord as a tithe and then above that an offering. So we've been growing in that way year after year, um, able to give more and more because of God's faithfulness in that. And we just truly believe that uh, that is something for all of our lives here. We're blessing so many people through TKC, Thy Kingdom Crumb food truck that we do in partnership and, and the whole ministry where we're, we're giving food uh, to hundreds of people each week. It's because of all of the giving that is coming into the house here. So we thank you for that. Thank you. Yes, there's envelopes that you have that you can put. We don't pass things around anymore, but you can put it in the kiosk out there slots there. Yeah, but and there's other give, ways to give on the screen. You can give online and you can look at the screen. There's different ways to give. So thank you, church, so much for being with us today. Let's give the Lord a hand. I know he's done some work in our hearts today. Amen. Great. Have a great day, everyone. We're so thankful you could join us today.